Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. For today's episode, I want to talk about mental health culture at my policy grad school. Um, this is a topic that really interests me because as I look back as an alumni, um, having visited, talked to uh, quite a few of my friends from policy grad school, even just people I chance encountered and we talked about this issue randomly, um, I'm actually very shocked about how many people uh, highlight they t- talk about uh, being at minimum emotionally distressed in grad school and for some uh, possibly even suffering from depression at, um, during policy grad school. A few of them were diagnosed, but many of them weren't. Um, and, and this is really relevant these days because uh, from my, my understanding that more and more often uh, between the student government and uh, student population, there's a greater conversation among students and policy grad schools about the need for more uh, robust mental health support. And I think no, that's that's great to have that conversation. That's all fair and well. But um, I, th- I thought it would be helpful to just tell, tell why I saw my observations of what uh, mental health culture was like at my policy school. And I can only speak to this topic based off my policy school, because this is a touchy topic. And, um, you know, there's not something people actively talk about unless there's a, some intimate personal uh, relationship going on in terms of, you know, a shared association of, of during graduate school, like going to the same graduate school. Um, that being said, um, I'm assuming some of this might be relevant towards some policy grad schools, but obviously each policy grad school is different. They have their own culture, own location, own student body. But I think uh, just take it's okay. You know, this is an opportunity to take from my uh, anecdotes uh, and my analysis observations uh, to just understand uh, a shade of reality that might be out there. All right. Uh, Before I go further, I just want to highlight that I am not a licensed medical professional to an extent, but I have, however, worked in around the mental health profession um, on an administrative basis in my prior professional career. Um, So... I have a general awareness, understanding, and mental health management and um, thinking about from administrative angle in terms of uh, environmental issues. And just again, I want to reiterate that I'm just going to speak from the observations of my policy school um, and my policy school alone. So extrapolate from that what you think is smart and relevant. Um, Now, that being said, just being an education watcher, I'm also going to applaud policy schools who, in my opinion, are doing the right thing to manage the stressors that can uh, trigger or contribute to mental health needs. And I think some schools uh, are making great strides in that area. I also want to uh, put two disclaimers out there. Number one is that I am very, I just want to highlight that I'm very much supportive of the presence of mental health services when it serves uh, a meaningful treatment. And I think to, you know, the first extent that's reasonable, um, you know, mental health services sh- uh, is due to be v- available when uh, a meaningful treatment opportunity um, presents itself. 
the second disclaimer is that I am not making a medical diagnosis of any sort because I'm not qualified to do so medically, and I just want to speak to my observations. All right. The three statements that I want to address of my observations are these three. Number one, uh, mental health, for example, depression is a real challenge for some policy grad students, and more should be done to address needs. So uh, when I went to uh, policy grad school, um, I always had a sense that some of the, the people I was with um, were, and for various different reasons, just constantly uh, stressed. Um, and some of it had to do just adjusting academically, uh, moving to a new town, sometimes without knowing anyone. And then uh, there's just some people had massive imposter syndrome. And granted, these are all stressors that are common day in everyday life. But it's when you add them all together, um, for some people, it becomes very emotionally uh, difficult to to manage. And especially when, you know, move to new, for some people who move to new city, there's not that much of a community support. And especially when uh, a policy grad program may or may not have structured um, the, the, the best culture or uh, the best support situation between culture and structure and res- resourcing available. So, yes, for, I, I, I definitely appreciate that for some people, it is real challenge. And I think what's for what I saw made it worse for some people about uh, mental health is that um, now it wasn't something that was it mental. It was interesting because mental health was actually talked about a lot, but uh, it, it opened in the public. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people who talked about their prior mental health issues. I talked about people who actively talk about uh, uh, seeking health care from a therapist. But why? What wasn't really talked about was just the hey, you're going to policy grad school. It's a stressful period of your life. Just be aware to check on yourself. Have someone else check on you. And you know, if there's emotional stressors, um, just be be aware. It's not uncommon to be emotionally stressed and uh, and delve into certain matters. So, um. So yes, and understandably, I think. What could also have been talked about more is, hey, um, you're, you're uh, with lots of different types of people from across the country, across the world, and some of them might be coming in with uh, mental health challenges, and as they're in a new environment, certain things might manifest. Uh, so what, what was interesting, why, why I say that, because it was interesting, like I said, that mental health was talked about in terms of just generically existed, it was a welcome conversation, but it was never really put in a context relevant to the policy graduate school experience. So, all right. Um, the second thing I want to, hi- the observation that I saw was that uh, stressors that create challenging mental health climates persist within my policy sc- school. Um, but uh, ongoing structures and activities to facilitate community bonding, support, and cohesion to uh, possibly manage or uh, address those stressors weren't really focused upon. Now, again, I want, I'm, not, I'm not a medical professional or anything like that, 
but I will say that uh, I saw in 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 communities where I saw that there was, shall we say, uh, better management of stressful situations, tended to have more cohesive, collaborative, and supportive active communities. Um, again, there's a difference between having just plain old having community and just being able to label community and having an active community of care. And throughout my professional career and academic career and the various academic programs I've been in, um, I saw some organizations do it right and some organizations do it not so right. And, so, and, and I would say argue that every single organization was trying. Um, what I saw in my policy grad school was that they were trying, but they were trying in a very interesting way. They weren't really focused on the, the really thinking about the community aspects about it. They were thinking about it in terms of social events. So they just thought that if you throw parties, um, students will come together and get to know each other and care, care about each other. And so there was, compared to other policy grad programs, uh, a crazy amount of social events, probably like two or three a month. And I think this, the social budget was just in, really interesting. Um, yeah, we had, I mean, there are some schools uh, that may have had a ball or winter or something, but we had like all sorts of festivals and everything. And don't get me wrong, they were fun. And I, every now and then I met people. But it, the, the social events didn't have the lasting effects and persistence um, that really put together, keep, and unify uh, a community that actively took care of each other. And ultimately, what I saw is that the issues of community division, the issues of clickiness within a community, the issues of um, you know, like, what I like to call high school-style uh, self-segregation uh, in the cafeteria, that type, you know, that still persisted in uh, my policy grad school program. And, um, you know, and that ultimately uh, just couldn't meant that the stressors that challenge people's uh the challenge people persisted as well um the third observation i want to know and this is probably the most interesting and controversial one i have out there when i mention to other people is that uh there was a culture of treating mental health as a must-have iPhone-like prestige possession that inadvertently fosters discrimination and at the same time this discourages mental health for those who may need to begin mental health services. So just to unpack this, what I'm really talking about is that there was a lot of a lot of the conversation about mental health, a, a big subset of that was bragging about having mental health services. And mental health access was treated as a luxury and as an opportunity to socially differentiate uh, someone, uh, just as someone being having prestige and privilege. Um, now, this isn't necessarily tied with how wealthy someone is. It's more about, hey, I'm someone who has mental health access, therefore, you know, I'm taking care of myself which, which is all well good, but it became a self-segregation thing. It became a prestige thing. It became a, I'm great because I, I have mental health. 
Um, and I'm going to brag about it and tell everyone how great I, it is that I have it. So, but, so the reason why this is especially uh, challenging and stressful and, and, in, a, in a bizarre counterintuitive way actually created emotional stressors is that there was a pretty much a widespread philosophy that I encountered a lot of times that everyone has psychological or psychiatric issues that warrant mental health treatment. So that means everybody has mental health trauma, essentially, that needed to be treated and everyone was uh, not well. And so those people who didn't buy into that philosophy were, uh, like myself, uh, were at best not just considered naive and flawed, um, and at worst, um, sometimes unsafe. So sometimes I'd be told I was unsafe because I had yet to have mental health uh, services, even though there was nothing that anybody could say warranted um, me needing mental health services. Um, that being said, there was I, I had plenty of experiences where my classmates told me I needed uh, mental health services due to my identity or um, how how I acted. And I mean, acted in terms of my personality. So. Just to give you some examples of my experiences of being told I needed mental health, uh, one that came up uh, here and there and quite memorable is that I was told that as a person of color, I must have had lots of trauma living in America. So by default, I needed to have mental health or else I would be unwell. Um, so I was also told sometimes that because I grew up poor uh, in America, I default was traumatized by poverty and needed mental health or else I was unwell. Um, the most interesting one when I was about it, needing mental health, was I was told that I needed mental health services because I was too positive and ambitious, and the norm was to be sad and discouraged. So uh, because I was too, I acted too positively and was very ambitious in my personality, um, yeah, I was told that, hey, that isn't right, and I need mental health services to be like some people who uh, thought that you know, it was just more normal to be sad. Um, maybe sad's the wrong word, but maybe not as positive and ambitious, so to speak. All right, so what I'm getting is that I'm not doubting that there are lots of traumatic experiences out there for people. But I think what is inappropriate is for classmates to judge what is and isn't trauma warranting mental health services for other people. And kind of like really pushing mental health upon people just because um, of just accusations of what they think is trauma for other people. And again, this all goes back to like a sense of prestige of like, oh, I have this prestigious thing, you know, you should have it too. Or else I think I'm underizing you as someone who doesn't match up to my level. So in a very unusual way, uh, what I saw sometimes, unfortunately, in my opinion, was that um, this cultural attitude about mental health made it kind of an elitist thing. And I, again, not, this wasn't like a matter of wealth. It was more like a matter of being socially elite. And ironically, this social elitism about mental health that I saw in Paulson grad school, and I haven't really seen this anywhere else in American society, um, I would make an argument that was in some ways naturally discouraging um, from for some people who may have actually needed mental health uh, 
to seek it because you know it was it was and the mental health was seen as elitist thing and it was portrayed as elitist thing so sometimes people don't want to join the quote unquote elitist club so and sadly that was um the the cultural fixation I, I saw around mental health so i think a much more healthy uh messaging about mental health in my opinion would be a culture that went along lines of addressing like hey, saying hey if you need it it's here for you uh you should use it if there are things you're struggling with but oh by the way you shouldn't just seek mental health and improve your social capital it's a limited resource and yes everyone knows how rare a qualified uh or how in in demand and there's a shortage of qualified capable mental health professionals but it's a limited resource that shouldn't be wasted to facilitate people's social climbing goals. But it's something to support people's well-being. And when we need it, you should actively seek it. So that being said, I think there are some schools that are doing it right by thinking about mental health from a broader picture. And that's about thinking about mental health as uh, community health, the, the the emotional health of a community in terms of what can a school do to between build a community uh, to manage the stressors or invest in resources to uh, mitigate the stressors of grad school. So uh, Harvard Kennedy School, I think, does something really right by uh, having lots of uh, cultural engagement about having difficult conversations. So someone would be thinking, like, how does this relate to mental health? I think what this does is that it actually propels people to talk to each other. Um, at my policy grad school, there was this general aversion to talk to each other about serious topics, unless it was an echo chamber or it was like very logistical about school or class things, because there was a fear of knowing who you might offend. So people struggle to really get to know each other. But by Harvard Kennedy School, with their mantra about talk to each other, hear each other's views, have difficult conversations, and by propelling that in a way I, from people that I know in Harvard Kennedy School, you know, they could felt more fr- they felt just more free um, to and had better experience learning and sharing themselves and learn, learning about themselves and learning about other people rather than having all their thoughts and emotions bottled up inside, too afraid to share with their classmates. Um, and then I think about University of Chicago Harris. Um, I think they've done a lot in terms of uh, investing resources into career coaches to help manage the stress of career. So one of the big stressors of policy grad school program is looking for a job, looking for a career. And some schools, um, they try to have an assembly line approach where they just hire like a few, uh, a very few number of career service people with limited capabilities. And it's not in their fault. It's... Uh, sometimes, you know, the numbers stacked upon these career service people are just insane. So they can only do so much. But by having a personalized approach to career, that g- gives uh, students uh, basically an outlet to um, better manage their career stress. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it, it just it's a source of help. And then I think about University of Virginia Batten. Um, their emphasis on co- smaller cohorts, uh, community bonds. And just the overall cohesive community environment where you know, all alumni I met from UVA Baton speak positively about the social experience they have. 
I think that's really helpful in uh, just you know, helping manage uh, the emotional health of uh, of everyone within the community and just making things happier for peers. Now, I realize no amount of investment or reorganization or efforts by policy school can uh, address um, the mental health issues people that develop or come into policy grad school with. But I think ultimately what I want to wrap up with is that I think there's a smart way to have this conversation as schools rightfully having it now. And that is the, hey, what can we do to um, manage the stressors that might uh, make make mental health more challenging uh, among the student population? And also having the right conversation like, hey, uh, what can we do on the treatment to maybe have more resourcing? But what I think is the wrong way to have this conversation is to completely ignore the fact that, uh, or not, maybe not necessarily fact, but my observation that there is definitely a cultural issue about treating mental health as a must-have prestige item. It's like an iPhone. Um, those who have, the, who have the Android are in the wrong and because they don't have the iPhone, but just like mental health, those who don't get mental health are culturally treated by some as in the wrong, and that's a holding and level prestige. And that itself, it, I don't think it's a healthy way to think about mental health, but nor is it, uh, nor, and it, it's also, nor is it something that should be ignored and as a very real uh, social phenomenon going on in policy grad school. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. I hope this has been helpful. And I hope uh, those who are in policy grad programs, um, those who are thinking about policy grad programs, uh, can now you know just ha- have some uh, have some ways to think about their own mental health or the mental health of their community um, as they move forward towards your, their policy grad school hopes, dreams, and aspirations. I hope er- everyone's well, and I'm looking forward to making more content.